0: T-Wolves go toe-to-toe with Luca and Kyrie. I got Wolves expert, Jack Borman. He's going to help us break it all down. It's all coming up next on the Locked On Wolves Postcast.
1: You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Woo, T-Wolves, man, they fall short. Absolute slugfest tonight, though. First, Dallas, 115-108. They dropped to 25-9 and nine on the year. What's happening, everyone? Back in the lab, back at it. Another T-Wolves postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. Myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's the man, Jack Borman. He's on Twitter, at J.R. Borman, 13. Before we jump into all the action, though, quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to you by game time, download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. That's locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. All right, let's jump right into it. Lots to cover. So, we got the bounce back game we needed on Friday versus Houston, same state tonight completely different squad though they got that magnificent dynamic duo between Luca and Kyrie and I got to tell you man this was an absolute slugfest the shot making in this game magnificent the Wolves took every punch they battled back they were in this one down to the wire they do fall short though what's the major headlines the the major
1: observations top of your head just to kick things off yeah the, the first one for me was their inability to rebound the ball um, I, I have it here. The Dallas missed twenty-seven two-point shots tonight. Dallas rebounded seventeen of them. Uh, so, so Dallas rebounded more of their two-point misses than the Timberwolves did. Um, you know, the Timberwolves last season really struggled against teams that shot a lot of three-pointers. They really struggled to rebound. Um, in in those uh, in those matchups, uh, especially on three point shots, but it really wasn't three point shots that that were the problem for the Wolves. Dallas actually missed a lot of open three point shots, and Minnesota did a good job of rebounding them. Um, Minnesota rebounded twenty of Dallas's twenty five missed threes, um, which obviously was was a great thing. But it was the two point shots that just killed them. Um, and, and then you know Dallas fifteen offensive rebounds, twenty four second chance points. Um, you know anytime you allow forty one combined. Uh, second chance points and points off turnovers. that's that's just a recipe to lose a game. Um, and then obviously, they only scored two points in the final three nineteen. Um, and, and that was just that chief Edwards dunk, um, mm-hmm. you know, that Dallas was just giving them because the game was already over at that point. So um you know it it's just you know, when you pair those two things, it's obviously problematic. but um you know, the timberwolves just really struggled to um, defend the rim in this game. I, I thought, especially, you know, Rudy Gobert picked up two fouls in a row. And um, then in the third quarter, um, Dallas really played the game on their terms, um, to, to kind of blow this game open and, and ultimately make it, um, you know, too much for, for the Timberwolves to kind of overcome and then sustain. I thought that, um, you know, Dallas did a great job of kind of turning it into a shootout, especially when, when the Timberwolves, um, weren't really playing with a with a true center um in dallas that's what they want to do they want to play five smalls they want to spread you out they want to um you know let kyrie and luca dance and in score in isolation and that's exactly what they did i mean those two are phenomenal tonight 69 combined points um you know those two (laughs) 11 of 20 from three point range for those two tonight so um you know when you're when you're doing that uh it's it's pretty tough especially when you consider i mean and carl had 60 of their own i mean that's that's a good night from them but um but ultimately just too much shot making for dallas and um you know not enough execution i guess uh down the stretch for the timberwolves and and, and we'll get into it or i want to get into it a little bit yeah. with with rudy gobert but yeah. um pretty problematic with with some of the spacing issues and uh and decision making that the, yeah. that the timberwolves had Yeah, and I I want to
0: pick your brain a little bit more about those rebounds here in a little bit as well. But yeah, you're right. I mean, already three of four matchups between these two. But again, no Kyrie previously. This Mavericks team, man, just sitting down and watching them for two and a half, three hours. They just look like they got their swag back, man. Kyrie's playing the way he was tonight watch out they have another gear to them when when both those guys are healthy and by the way two of the best teams in the NBA as well in clutch time Wolves number one Mavs three you could see it on full display those last five six minutes and again it was an absolute heart stopper in Dallas tonight let me swing back to Dallas actually let me hone in on them here for a second because you knew all the focus was going to be on Luka and Kyrie okay obviously but 69 points, 13 assists, 14 ports. So fun to watch, but wildly frustrating when you got to go against them, right? I mean, Luca's out there looking like huh, Larry Bird, Kyrie gets to the rim. How do you stop those guys moving forward in a, let's just say, a potential Western Conference matchup? Like, how do you even start by getting the ball out of those two guys' hands?
1: Yeah, you got to take their space away. Um, And I thought that when the Timberwolves switched in the fourth quarter, so for the majority of this game, uh, Jaden McDaniels guarded Luka Doncic and uh, Anthony Edwards didn't really, Oh, he guarded Kyrie Irving, but didn't play any defense on him. Um, And then they switched that matchup in the fourth quarter so that, uh, or for most of the fourth quarter, so that um, Ant was on Luka and Jaden was on Kyrie. And Jaden does a lot better against smaller defenders where his length can really bother guys. Um, So, you know, Jaden, you know, preventing Kyrie from shooting over the top of other guards, that's something that Kyrie does really well. So with Jaden's length and his, you know, his, just his wingspan, um, you know, prevented Kyrie from being able to take that shot. You saw in that late turnover where Kyrie turned it over and then stole it back from Gobert, but Kyrie was taking that shot all game long, right in the middle of the paint. Um, kind of rising and falling away over smaller defenders, whether it be Mike Conley or Jaden McDaniels or, or uh, Ant even, uh, but he wasn't able to do that with Jaden. And then with uh, Luka, you got to get really physical with him, right? And, and the more that you can kind of get physical with him, take his space away, push him further and further away from the basket, um, you know, the better chance you have of getting the ball out of his hands. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, you know, they did it twice in a row where Derek Jones Jr. missed a wide open three uh, and then, uh, obviously you had that that runway right to the rim because uh dwight powell sealed off rudy gobert really well and prevented him from rotating over and um you know kind of uh you know taking that uh shot away but um just take their space away use their length uh and and bring a second guy if you're um you know if it's a situation where one of those two guys is getting an on ball screen atop the key and that's what the timberwolves did right you know um they they I guess, uh, didn't let Luka Doncic beat them in the final possession, but, uh, finals, a couple possessions, but, uh, you know, Kyrie Irving really did his damage, um, you know, in the final, you know, six minutes of that game, just with the way that he was able to shake free from guys and, um, you know, and find open spaces in the floor and really, uh, you know, find success both as a spot-up shooter and as a guy, you know, breaking them down off the dribble. And that's really the difference with having Kyrie there. It's another guy that can, um, you know, not only space the four is an excellent three point shooter on the move on the catch, but uh, obviously is is really incredible at uh, pump faking and, and driving and making things happen that way. Which obviously the Timberwolves haven't had to deal with the first few times they've played the Mavericks this season, yeah, yeah, well
0: said. I suppose we'll go through the big three here one by one. We'll save Rudy for the end, Cat. You know, Cat had you know the box score numbers again tonight if you're just box score scout 24 7 and 7 decent box score numbers on Friday too versus the rockets i asked you about him the other night you gave him like a c c minus but there were some things that irritated you you just expect more from his game at times so now i'm just curious in general what what was your assessment from cat tonight i knew he picked up his fourth foul. I want to say like 18 seconds into the second half, which that's tough to swallow. But what was the scouting report on Cat tonight? And, and don't hold back. I appreciate the honest evaluation when I get
1: it. Yeah, I, I would get Carl an A- minus in this game, which is probably about as high as you can go, considering how yeah. stupid his fourth foul was. I mean, I just threw my hands up in the air and sitting here watching it, just saying like, come on, dude. Um, he, this is year nine for Carl. Plays like that just can't happen, but but you have to give him credit for the way that he responded. Um, He came out firing. He was really aggressive in the fourth quarter, made two huge three-pointers, and then had that and one to help the Timberwolves, you know, take the lead. And Dallas looked really Um, shell-shocked. One, that the Timberwolves were even in the game, but two, that they got out to that four-point lead. Um, And then the other thing that I really appreciated about Carl's game in the fourth quarter that I think probably will go a little bit unnoticed was – just the the contested rebounds that he made in the fourth quarter was really something he had five defensive rebounds in the fourth quarter and i'm pretty sure all five of them were like really contested important game within two or three points um one way or the other um and then didn't obviously didn't turn the ball over uh outletting the ball which has been something that's been problematic for him uh at at times throughout this season so he was great there. But and then in the second quarter, um, Carl did a great job. Just uh, After Dwight Powell picked up his third foul and had to go back to the bench like seven or eight minutes left in the in the second quarter, uh, they just went to a bunch of left-box post-ups for Carl, and he did a great job taking advantage of it, uh, made the right reads. Um, you know He's excellent when, when going in post-up situations. He's one of the most efficient players in the league um, against single coverage post-ups, which is what was happening against Grant Williams and Derek Jones Jr. Um, so the way that he was able to take advantage of that and – you know, kind of just give the Timberwolves something when Anthony Edwards wasn't really, um, you know, all that aggressive right when he came back in. And part of that was just because Carl was rolling. He had nine points on three or four f- shooting, had, I think, got to the up for four free throws in that quarter. Um, so you've got to appreciate that. And I think, um, you know, something that you you want to be able to figure out is, um, you know, how to keep Ant a little bit more engaged while Carl really has it rolling on the block. I think sometimes, you know, Carl and Ant, they both have the same problem, honestly, is is like they just forget to get the other one involved when one of them is rolling. Um, and, But, yeah, so I, I think that for Carl, it's just, you know, how can you stay away from picking up just some of the dumb fouls on the offensive end of the floor? That's the only thing keeping it really from an A for him. I thought that the fourth quarter – now, obviously missed some three point shots, but you know, we can't be talking out of both sides of our mouth, asking Carl to mm-hmm. take more threes. He's a 41% three point or 42% three-point shooter in the fourth quarter of this season. Um, I didn't have a problem with any of the three pointers that he took. A bad three-point shot from Carl Anthony Towns is better than most good shots from other guys. Um, so I, I you know, I'd really tough to poke holes in his game tonight. Um, thought he he played a really, really good game that that obviously kept the Timberwolves in it.
0: You want to talk J Mac for 60 seconds? I mean, if we're doing the blame pie chart right now, the comment section. Yeah, J-Mac, J Mac. Uh, yes, Jay McDaniels. Uh, the the, the comment section right now going on. Rudy is taking plenty of the share. Don't get me wrong, but J Mac's looking at a big piece too. If you were to ask our comment section right now, Whoa, what's the issue been, not just tonight maybe, but as of late from a guy who, you know, everyone had a lot of high expectations for J Mac heading into the year?
1: Yeah, there is zero reason why Jaden McDaniel should not have all the confidence in the world in his offensive game. He already has his contract. Um, you know, he has got his money and and right now he's not living up to it. Um, he his offensive game waxes and wanes at a level that is just completely unacceptable for someone that's as talented as he is and how much his teammates talk him up, how much his teammates give him opportunities. Um, at a certain point like, you know, he's just got to be a consistent 13 to 17 points per game guy. Um, And we've been talking about it a little bit uh, in the last, uh, you know, three or four postcasts that we've done here that, you know, we've just need to see more consistency and need to see more confidence because when he, you know, believes in what he's doing and and steps into it and plays with confidence steps into, uh, you know, open three point shots uh, feeling like he's going to make it when he puts his head down on the dribble, most of the times, good things happen. And um, I thought he was just really timid tonight. Uh, I don't know if if he was kind of taken aback by some of the shots that Luka Doncic was making early in this game on him. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is, frankly, because, mm-hmm. you know, we obviously can't peek into these guys' psyches. We can't, you know, understand if, you know, there's something going on off the basketball floor that we don't know about that's messing with things. Like, we just, we just don't know. Um, and so – you know all i can tell you is from what i've seen from a basketball standpoint is that uh, a lot of his three point jump shots tonight just looked like a guy that had zero confidence uh, in his shot that didn't believe that uh, the shot was going to go in when he let go of it um and, and especially against a, a team like Dallas that's playing against smalls and uh, he's done really well attacking guards off the dribble and he just wasn't able to to do it tonight all the times that he got into the paint he got kind of caught in the air and had to make these crazy contorting jump shots that uh, you know are just really tough, uh, even for a guy with his touch and his length uh, and his ability to shoot over the top of guys. But um, man, the Timberwolves just need more from him uh, if they want to, uh, you know, if they want to find success against teams they're going to trap uh, Ant at the top of the key because this is exactly what a lot of people have concerns about with the Timberwolves, uh, you know, success translating in the postseason is like if Ant's getting trapped and you have to play four on three um who's going to beat you who's the Um, next guy up yep and you know it's it you know a lot of guys will say well Mike Conley but you know what like when Ant gets rid of the ball a lot of the times it's not going to Mike Conley like they're Mm -hmm. shading to get the ball to Carl or Jaden or Rudy um because Mike's going to make the right play in a four on three situation but those other three guys chances are they're probably not going to um and that's exactly what Dallas bet on late in the fourth quarter and that's exactly why the Timberwolves offense um you know went to hell um but you know, that's going to happen. And you got to tip your cap to Dallas for for executing a really strong defensive game plan in in the clutch. Uh, But the good news is, is that like, this is a really good film for the Timberwolves to go back and watch and and look at things that they can clean up against teams that are going to want to go small. And the great news, Luke, is they're playing Orlando next and then Mm -hmm. Boston, and then they've got uh, the Clippers on the schedule. I think three of their next five games. Um, And those are all teams that are going to try to go small against the Timberwolves. And so they'll have good opportunity to try to right some wrongs um, that they they had tonight in Dallas.
0: Yeah, Pistons and Spurs around the corner as well there in the next two, three weeks. So something to look forward to as well. All right, more deep dive right after a quick word from Game Time. Quick reminder, tonight's episode brought to you by Game Time, because you should never have to worry when buying tickets to any big event. That's why Game Time, it's the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets to any local event. Concerts, comedy shows, sporting events, even Broadway theater, and with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Personally, for me... I love the view from the seat feature they offer so I can get a real look and accurate visual on where my seats are going to be. So I know exactly what to expect before spending all that money. And with their all in prices, Game Time shows you exactly how much you're spending with no hidden fees. It's time to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, see for yourself how easy it is. Create an account, use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Again, just create any new account. Redeem your code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Game Time. Terms apply. All right, let's pick back up here. Rebounds, I mean, you kind of touched on it. Kind of a big A topic going into this one. It was uh, the A topic at halftime. It was a huge part of the game at the end. 51-44 Wolves tonight. Rudy, 17 boards. Ant with 10. Nas Reed with 9. I guess just talk to me about the rebounding by the Wolves, how it impacted this game a little bit more in depth. And remember, too, small sample size, but heading into Friday versus the Rockets, Wolves were ranked dead last in rebounds in the NBA. Small sample size. Take it with a grain of salt. Your quick thoughts on the rebounding with this Wolves team.
1: Dead last in January or yeah, dead last? Yeah, two, three games. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: But yeah, but I will I, say, Jack, I will say, if you look at month by month, it's been trending it's, down it's gotten for the past worse, three yep. months.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep, it absolutely has. Um, the biggest thing in this game for me is, is just, um, you know, Dallas does an excellent job of crashing from the corner. So mm-hmm. when Luka and Kyrie – are dancing kind of in the middle of the floor and take shots. You know, a lot of times off-ball defenders just kind of want to watch what those two guys are doing and forget that they have to play defense even when the shot goes up. And uh even though the Timberwolves did get uh you know hit with some gnarly foul calls when they were, you know, correctly boxing defenders out. Um you know, they just didn't box out enough tonight. Uh and uh you know, guys got the rebounds from the corners and um, you know, kept so many possessions alive for the Mavericks. And, and obviously, you know, that's the difference in the game is the difference in, in second chance points uh, tonight. But uh, yeah, I mean, you have to give credit to to Nas Reed. Nine rebounds is a great game for him, especially, you know, stepping in in relief for Carl Anthony Towns. I think, um, you know, a lot of times in games like this where uh, Dallas is going to take a lot of short mid-range shots and kind of medium mid-range shots right around the free throw line that's going to, you know, kind of force Rudy Gobert to come up out of the drop a little bit. Which forces the guys, um, you know, in the corners to rebound a lot more, and so that's why you saw, um, you know, really strong rebounding games from Nas and from Anthony Edwards too, who had uh, ten of his own rebounds. And I, I, I think Carl would have, you know, gone well over um, ten rebounds tonight had he played the majority of the third quarter. But um, yeah, I think the Timberwolves, for the most part, did a good job of of rebounding when they played the game on their terms in the fourth quarter when it was more of a standstill and and played a lot more in the half court. I think Dallas um you know did a great job of flying the ball up the floor um in transition or or semi-transition uh opportunities and, and the timberwolves were really struggling to get matched up in transition um, and when you're struggling to get matched up a lot of times um, you're not really going to know who you're responsible for for blocking out on the offensive class and so dallas did a great job of of taking advantage of those um, you know opportunities that they created by by pushing the ball at the floor um, but yeah i mean i you know you look at 51 to 44 in the rebounding i, I think it's a little misleading just i think so of, too just yeah. because of the return on investment of those rebounds i think that Dallas's 44 had a higher return on investment than the timberwolves 51 if you will but um, I mean, there's a lot of other things that you can poke holes at. I mean, you can poke holes at the fact that um, you know the Timberwolves missed eight free throws in the game they lost by seven. Um, mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert one of four, and with two. I know Nas screwed his wrist up, but um, you know, I, I I don't I don't necessarily think that the rebounding is like. You know the the one thing I think it's more of what they what they did with the rebounds at least. For I mean, sure. credit the Timberwolves for 18 offensive rebounds for for 21 second chance points. I mean, that's great. That's what they came into this game trying to do. But uh you know, obviously, you're not if that's you know item number one on your on your offensive game plan, uh and you know that's not even really a focus for you because of how small Dallas is on the other end of the floor, and Dallas does it better than you chances are you're going to lose the game if you can't take care of number one on the game
0: plan. Yeah. Two sides of the story with those boards. You're absolutely right. First. Yeah. It's getting them of course, but what do you actually do with them? That tells more of the story. I think than just bulk box, box score scouting sometimes for sure. Um, it,
1: yeah. And one, one other to, thing no. too, with the, with the rebounds, Dallas missed so many wider than wide open threes that their guys they normally did. knock down. Yeah. Um, when you look at Tim Hardaway, junior two of eight, Seth Curry o of two, those both were wide open. Grant Williams, one of three on wider than wide open three is like, you know, the, some of the Timberwolves rebound numbers might be a little inflated because of that too. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, well said.
0: All right. 36 for man. I mean, we could go on and on about this dude. It's a 25, 30 minute show. We don't have time, but just your quick rant about his game right now, specifically the last, I don't know, 10, 12 games or so. And the kind of run this dude's on right now.
1: Yeah. I love how much he's getting downhill. That's the biggest change. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. Finch has been talking for weeks about yes. how he's really been trying to get through to ant about getting downhill and getting to the free throw line and, uh, stopping to settle, stopping settling for all these mid-range jump shots, especially the jumpers that go off the go off the glass. It uh, just isn't converting those at a high enough rate. Um, and so he did a great job in the first quarter. I think he had eight paint attempts in the first quarter, which was awesome. He got to the line four times, um, but again, only got to the line three times the rest of the game. Um, did most of his damage from outside the paint uh, after the first quarter. Um, and so that's something with Ant that you really have to, you know keep an keep an eye on with him is just you have to keep reminding him hey get downhill get downhill get mm-hmm. downhill and especially in the third quarter when um you know the Timberwolves had to play in a five out um you know offense uh you know Chris Finch didn't really give them any help out there scoring wise offensively but um you know you would have expected him to try to get into the paint a little bit more there but but my biggest thing from Ant in this game was his defense i thought his defense was awful uh, for most of this game. Um, he, he lost Kyrie Irving, uh, in transition five or six times that resulted in Kyrie getting wide open shots. Um, and I think he made three or four of those shots. Um, and, and credit to Ant, man, he, he was awesome in the fourth quarter and really locked in and played great defense on Luca had that steal um, on Kyrie had that block on Kyrie, but, um, he, he's got to care more in the, in the first three quarters, uh, on the, on the defensive end of the floor. But, I mean, what he was able to do, 36 points. Um, I think he had 14 in the fourth quarter, either 12 or 14 in the fourth quarter. Um, what was it here? He had 12 in the fourth quarter. Um, continues to be an animal in the second half of games, man. Um, but it's just about doing it for doing it for four quarters. Because if he did it for four quarters, he very well could have had 45 or 50 points in this Yeah, quarter. that's insane, man.
0: Um, you mentioned it. Sometimes you got to just give credit where credit's due sometimes. Quick 60 seconds on the Mavs. I, I know we've touched on Luka and Kyrie. That combo is ridiculous, but they got some others as well that can kind of feed off them, balance that roster and depth chart out a little bit. Quick scouting report on another potential Western Conference playoff team and how these two teams match up after what we saw again tonight.
1: Yeah, they're a team that runs a ton of spread, pick, and roll, uh, which we mm-hmm. talked about in the last last couple of games here. Yeah. Um, and they do a great job of playing the game on their terms, right? They want to speed you up. They want to run up and down. They want to... Um, you know, they want to put the ball in their two best players' hands and, and make you defend them in, in, in actions that they're very efficient in. And they put you in a bind offensively. Um, and for them, it's just about, can they make open three-point shots with with, with guys that, you know, aren't Kyrie and Luca. When you think about Tim Hardaway Jr. and Grant Williams and um, Derek Jones Jr., Josh Green, Dante Exum, guys like that. And so, um, you know, they're also really good at sharing the ball. They move the ball really well. They attack closeouts really well. Um, for them, it's just going to be you know, can they hold up defensively in a seven game series? And, and I think, um, you know, when you look at how the Timberwolves have played against them so far this season, you would, you'd think the answer might be no, um, but we'll see. I mean, those are two of the best uh, perimeter scorers in the history of the NBA. They're two of the most talented guys in the history of the NBA. And anytime, you know, you have two guys like that on your team, you're going to be a really tough team to, to hold down over seven games because your defense is going to get tired and frustrated uh and lack discipline at times and so um just an awesome test for for the timberwolves a really fun team that they've matched up against and they've had some games come down to the wire um down in dallas the last couple of years that have been fun to watch um just with with it being you know strength on weakness and, and which team can i i guess lean on those weaknesses uh the other team more and, and tonight dallas did the better job
0: yeah, I mean, we get frustrated. We're screaming at the TV sets. Can you imagine how, how frustrated they got to be actually trying to stop those two men? I mean, given blood, sweat and tears out there, it's just so maddening. I mean, you're just pulling your hair out at your wits end trying to stop those two men. Regardless what happens from here on out, I would assume maybe they sneak into the playoff. They're going to be a fun watch no matter what. If you're just a fan of the NBA game, a uh, couple more quickies to close here before we wrap up. But first, I got a quick word from FanDuel. Quick reminder tonight's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, new customers, you're getting $150. Yeah, $150 in bonus bets when you win just a $5 money line wager. $150 in bonus bets when you throw down and win $5 on any money line wager. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on all the action. The app, it's so easy to use. And they got everything you need. Money lines, parlays, prop bets, you name it. They got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NBA season. And it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. Go check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. That's FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. Today, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. All right, you kind of teased it a little bit here. I know we've touched on this man, but Rudy Gobert, uh, the floor is yours. What's on your mind? Get it off your chest.
1: Yeah, I mean, all I was going to say is that, you know, Anthony Edwards has always said the right things about Rudy Gobert. He says he loves playing with Rudy Gobert. He says he has a lot of trust in Rudy Gobert. Um, and, and so the, the the PR team has done a great job of talking with Ant about, about Rudy Gobert or, or he's just that good of a dude. Um, but his play tells a completely different story. And um tonight was a night where you can't really blame ant for that um and so uh you saw in the fourth quarter um that the timberwolves took the use it or lose it timeout with about three minutes and 30 seconds left and then um and then ant you know had a situation where he he shot over a double team instead of passing to rudy wide open on the roll at the elbow um and and so you're asking well why did that happen and then literally the next possession or two possessions later um they come down and ant has a situation where he could hit rudy wide open roll into the rim um or or he could kind of bring the ball in the middle of the floor and then kick to Jaden for a corner three Jaden was 0 of 8 at that time i believe or one of eight or something like that and ant still trusted Jaden to hit that shot more than he trusted rudy gobert rolling to the rim um and then the one time that ant does trust rudy gobert he does that euro step and then throws it away in a, in a pivotal possession for the for the timberwolves Um, you know, I, am I believe it was with one ten left. They were down three right after Kyrie made a three to go ahead. Um, and so for, and I mean, for Rudy, Rudy's on the bench telling him like, Hey man, you got to trust me. You got to trust me. You got to trust me offensively. And then he makes a play like that with the game on the line. Um, you know, it's just, it's just tough. I think that if the ball is going to be in Anthony Edwards hands as much as it is, in a game like this, then then it might be a situation where you think about playing Nas Reed over Rudy Gobert when you consider the way that Nas Reed was playing offensively. Um, and, I, and I just think that's something to keep an eye on uh, is that mm-hmm. with how much the ball is going to, Ant's going to want the ball in his hands. And, and Rudy Gobert is arguably the best screen setter of all time, creates a lot of space for Ant that way. But, um, you know, when the ball's in Ant's hands, he's not even thinking about getting Rudy Gobert the ball. And, and I think for defenses, the more that they, you know, study the Timberwolves, the more the stakes of these games rise. I think the more that that's going to become uh, a problem, if the Wolves don't figure out a way for Anthony Edwards to, you know, get Rudy Gobert the the ball in situations where Rudy isn't going to turn it over, is going to be able to, you know, dunk it or, or get fouled inside. Um, and, and so that's just something to keep an eye on because it's pretty rare that teams are able to to really find success in the playoffs. If your best play, if two of your best three players, you know, or just have a complete disconnect offensively, and and that's what we're seeing. And tonight's a perfect example of how that, you know, lack of connection can totally crater the spacing on the offensive floor and totally screw up the the offensive execution. And it's another reason why I think might be better to start out actions uh, with Mike Conley handling the ball in the half court.
0: Mm-hmm. Um Conley yeah. didn't initiate yeah.
1: anything um down the down the stretch of this game. And that's not on Mike. I mean that's certainly Ant saying get me the ball or Finch saying get Ant the ball. Um but you know a couple nights ago or a couple games ago after the Timberwolves lost it at home, um, you know, Ant was saying we got to have Mike initiate more. Mike initiate more. And then what happens tonight? Mike doesn't initiate. Um whether that's Ant or Mike or Finch I I don't know I'm not going to blame anybody sure. without fully knowing that but, but that's just something to keep an eye on especially um you know as we as we see the Timberwolves play three teams here coming up that are going to play small and um you know and put a bind on the on the Timberwolves offense
0: uh let's end with a fun one keep things light before we get out of here kind of switch up the vibe all-star voting update as of Saturday morning Ant 6 in votes cat 10th in votes any surprises there I don't know if you've taken a peek at that at all I know it's still early but what's sticking out to you in the early goings with the wolves the all-star week what are you looking forward to the most about all-star week next month
1: yeah I think it'll be fun you know I, I think it's a situation where if the Timberwolves still find a way to hold on to first place in the west I don't think they will um, by the All-Star break. But if they do, hey, great for them. Um, it'll be pretty hard for uh, opposing coaches to not vote a second Timberwolves player in along with mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards. So so this voting period is just for all-star starters. Um both Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, if they were to make it, would both be reserved. So they'd both be voted in by um all all 30 of the uh of the NBA head coaches uh vote on the reserves that make the All-Star team. So uh, historically speaking, most teams that are the number one seed get two, if not three players in the all-star game. So oh, okay. I think it would probably make more sense that opposing coaches would vote in Carl Anthony Towns over Rudy Gobert. Uh, and then potentially Rudy Gobert making an all NBA team at the end of the season, I think is probably the more likely outcome. Um, just because of the the way that Carl's played, I mean, he's averaged, you know, what is it? 21 and, and eight on, on 50, 40, 90 shooting or damn close to it. Um, that that's an all-star season when when you're helping your team be the number one team in the West. And then obviously for Ann, it just goes to show how much more popular he is around the league that he's risen all the way to sixth um, in, in some of those votes. And, um, you know, the hope is that, uh, you know, he, he can do it a little bit more consistently. Um, I think the more consistently that he can have these games of 36, 38, 40, 42, um, you know, the more that he'll be recognized, but you know, it's pretty tough when, when the two guards in the, in the Western conference are, are, you know, Steph Curry and, and Luka Doncic and right. Shay Gil, Alexander, uh, Devin Booker up there too. But, um, you know, it's just going to be tough for him to, to leapfrog those guys in that type of voting.
0: Uh, well done tonight. As always, my man, you're an elite, elite NBA mind. Wolves lose three of their last four. They're going to try to bounce back again this Tuesday. versus the Magic, that one's on the road again. Tip off 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. As always, huge shout out to everyone that joined us in the postcast and in the comments section. Rest assured, we're going to be back each and every game, same time, same place right here to break it all down. Quick reminder as well, go check out all of Jack's work on Twitter at JRBorman13. And by the way, you can always check out Jack On the Minnesota Basketball Party with our guys Sam Ekstrom, Ron Johnson, Reggie Wilson from CARE 11. That's every Wednesday afternoon as well. That'll do it for us tonight. Uh, One more quick plug, by the way. If you haven't already, got to go check out Ben Beacon over on the Locked on Wolves podcast as well. That'll do it for us tonight. He's Jack Borman. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time, signing out.